Hey everyone, so glad to find you here. This is Hess, one of the two hosts of Oops All Monsters. Thank you so much for coming around to our odd little shop here in Podcastia, the land of sitting and talking. And secondly, I wanted to take a second to let you know up front that Gavin and I started this show in the middle of the pandemic, and that our recording habits for the first few episodes were a bit, how might you say, undisciplined. So generally, our audio quality is a bit fuzzed. You're going to hear a lot of pen clicks, coffee mugs, AC units, and other business that is just generally not an ideal listening experience. After that first batch, though, around episode six or seven, you will notice a substantial leveling up of the audio quality after we hear ourselves and take measures to improve it for everyone on your end. So, with all that seriousness out of the way, I do really hope you find something you like here in the Monster Shop. We are having a heck of a lot of fun with it, and I hope you do too. Thanks again, and let's get on with the show. All Monsters, a deadly, unserious show about creatures, cryptids, and curiosities, curated by two weirdos from wild and wonderful West Virginia. That weirdo with me when I can get him out of that big tree is Gavin. I'm Gavin, and this weirdo with me is lifelong friend, Hess. And uh, we are here to, as we always are, delight and edify you with tales of mysterious monsters from mythology, film, literature, TV as well as gaming from both the box and the console and beyond. We bring a monster each into the, sh- the shop. Each of us brings a monster into the shop unknown to the other at the time of starting, and then we present and discuss uh, what we've put together uh, for our ed- edification as well as the edification of you, the listener. So before we scare you off, uh, let's get into the monsters. Now, I'm going to start this week This one is going to be a stretch, Gavin, but uh, try to imagine that you were a child in the 1980s. Huh. Okay. So <laughs> stick with me. It's the it's the middle of the night. You don't eat your Brussels sprouts the night before, so you wake up with a powerful aching hunger your, your guts are tumbling it's all you, you you wander across the carpeted floor of your your home uh, out into the kitchen are you with me so far is this yep. not you, you be able to make it okay so you you open your massive beige refrigerator uh <laughs> it's filled with three liters of soda oj pur- purple stuff but w- what is that on the middle shelf uh, some white dessert junk in a carton that's toppled over. It's supposed to be ice cream, but it's not. And it's... It's moving! Uh, <laughs> and you can't... You can't get enough of the stuff. We're the, gonna t- do stuff. <laughs> today, uh, I'm, pre- uh, I'm presenting the stuff from the stuff. The stuff. Um, which will not be our only, I guarantee, uh, episode that will be the blank from the blank, uh, yeah. because just doing this one, 
I've got I've got at least one handful of examples that I like that are the blank from the blank. But today we're gonna start. I think it was perfect for an early episode because it's not my favorite thing in the world, but I do like it a lot. It's very it's very ridiculous, but also very enjoyable. It is the uh, shot, the frighteningly mediocre, but also uh, insane uh, film. The stuff. This is not going to be when we cover something that's pop culture. I'm not going to be doing like this. Is not going to be a review of the film. The stuff. No. Although, although, you know, there's going to be a little bit. You didn't already hear me editorializing about my feelings about it, but that's not <laughs> the point. The point is to discuss the monster. Of the stuff, because that's what this this show is about. It's about the it's about the monsters. It's not about the movies or the films or the video games or books or whatever whatever contains the monster. That's that's less the point. It's more what is up with the monster. But in order to get a, to contextualize, particularly for anybody, I I so obviously you've seen this stuff, Gavin. I would I thought it was a very <laughs> yeah. Small. I thought it was virtually impossible to imagine that you had not seen it. Um, yeah, you are what you eat. <laughs> yeah. So, um, for for the edification of anybody who's not familiar with the stuff, it's a 1985 film written and directed by this uh, this very prolific character named Larry Cohen, who's was uh, yeah. did a lot of. TV show writing, wrote like three episodes of Columbo. He wrote all sorts of episodes of, of nonsense, mostly during the 70s and early 80s. And then he got, and he directed a bunch of black exploitation. I realized he, he, he directed um, this hilarious movie that we've watched multiple times during the, the bad movie night called Hell Up in Harlem, which we've watched not once, but like. <laughs> Two or three times in Bad Movie Night. Absolutely hilarious movie. I may need to get my friend Lee to drop us a, a, a blurb about um, Larry Cohen related to that. He also directed another one of my favorite ridiculous movies that I once I know that he's the same director. It makes complete sense that it's the same guy. Is Cue the Winged Serpent. Yeah. Uh, who, which also stars Michael Moriarty. Um, who is in both of these films playing somebody who's in an entirely different movie what the hell is this it's like Michael Moriarty is in a good movie and uh, (laughs) basically everybody else is in a bizarre like genre flick I also I really like Cue the Winged Serpent but it's like two movies that are completely unrelated like there's there's a Carradine that is in like a submachine gun monster decapitation movie and then Michael (laughs) Moriarty is playing some kind of like like slick uh, hustler the new new yorker like hustler and in, in, investigator guy it's it's yeah. it, it's you could <laughs> if you cut it into two hour movies it would make more sense than them being in the same movie um but anyway the stuff follows uh this kid named jason who wakes up in like the first scene he's for some he's like Wakes up in the middle of the night because he's getting bit by mosquitoes, I guess. And then he goes goes down the stairs and looks at the fridge, and he immediately sees this um, kind of animated marsh- marshmallow stuff fluff in the fridge. It's like moving on its own. It freaks him out. His his 
his uh his a- his asshole dad comes out a- downstairs, asks him what he's doing, and like slaps him on on the butt, tells him to go back to bed, and um, immediately the dad like starts eating the stuff. So we establish whatever's going on with this. It kind of look it's like marshmallow fluff looking or kind of yogurty. They said they've used different things for it uh, in terms of visual appearance. Oh, smooth. They used different things for it at different times. There was one, uh, there was one instance that it, apparently in the large, some of the large scenes, instead of yogurt or marshmallow fluff or what have you, they had this, they made this proprietary stuff that was like blended fish bones. And as one of the main ingredients, and apparently everybody that was filming those scenes would immediately run down to the river to clean off because of the stench off of the stuff was so miserable. That tastes real good. Tasty. So they used a lot of different things to create this this mysterious looking white goo. But the so the, the kid avoids eating this junk. The family acts um, very, how would I say, they're... They're kind of like, they have a methy enthusiasm. Um, yeah. Like, they've got this wide-eyed cult attitude toward the stuff. Um, meanwhile, and this is another instance like Q the Winged Serpent, where Michael Moriarty, who stars as um, Mo Rutherford, is an uh, industrial spy. Yes, sir. I don't think you're quite as dumb as you appear to be. No one is as dumb as I appear to be. That some grace, some guys in gray suits on a yacht. Um, they're competitors with the stuff. They're ice, cr- they're ice cream, um, they're, they're ice cream barons, I guess. And Michael Moriarty's from the very first scene is acting in a totally different movie than everybody else's in the whole film. He's he's acting in an incredibly good serious movie, which is very confusing in almost every scene. Um, and then the the plots kind of dance in between each other where the kid is has this ongoing resistance to his family trying to feed him the stuff and encourage him to do it. And Michael Moriarty's looking into what's going on with this concoction. And then uh, there's a finally a tense scene where the family, like the, the older brother and this kid Jason, grabs him and sit him down and they say like okay you're not going to be able to leave your room until you eat some of this stuff and they've replaced all of their food they've thrown away all of their regular human food and replaced the entire contents of the fridge with these cartons of uh, this white gunk um, but the kid pulls like a the kid pulls like a sneaky uh, trick he goes upstairs he tosses the stuff into the toilet he tries to come back at him but he flushes it successfully <laughs> He replaces the cup of stuff with white shaving cream. This kid's—he's a real—he's a real spy master. This kid, and he comes down, and he pulls off this whole lark where he's like, "Mmm, it's so good. I love it." And he's like eating it, and they're all watching him, kind of side eye. And the, the, so the kid, Jason, he—he runs over to the fridge. He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna get more." And Dad's looking like suspicious of this whole situation, but the kid's pretending. Oh yeah, totally. I love it. It's my favorite thing now. I'm totally, I'm totally with you guys. Totally on board. The stuff is where it's at. The stuff, the taste that makes you hungry for more. Enough is never enough. The stuff, taste that delivers. Enough is never enough. And then the kid uses that moment. He just like run. He like '80s kid runs like a bat out of hell out of the house. 
They have like a, a big spotlight chase scene out of the house, and boom, just like just just like lickety split, uh, Michael Morty already pulls up and is like like Cutlass Supreme and is like, get in the car. I've seen it move too. And the kid's like, yeah, this totally makes sense. And they jump in the he jumps <laughs> yeah. in the car and saves him from his family, and they just drive off to like to they just drive off to somewhere. And there is this hilarious there is this hilarious. Uh, line where the kid's like I kind of just threw up in your car I know I'm sorry I mean I just ate shaving cream everybody has to eat shaving cream once in a while and there's (laughs) there's a bunch of lines like that that are like they're funny but you don't know if they're funny because of that's how he intended them to be funny I don't know (laughs) there are some funny moments in the movie even though it's absolutely fucking nuts and they're running around committing corporate espionage to figure out what's going on with the stuff in searching out this um the plot of this movie michael michael Murray <laughs> for some re- goes and, and meets with for some yeah. reason danny aiello who is um uh, part of he's like ex uh, fda he's part of the team that that suspiciously granted approval to the stuff um and he has this really suspicious um, meeting with him, even though Diana Aiello actually is him and Michael Moriarty have a great scene together that would be awesome in any movie that made any damn sense. And then, um, and then immediately after, Michael Moriarty gets uh, eaten by his own giant <laughs> black dog who has been turned into a stuffy monster. Uh, and there's this dog puppet head vomits white stuff on Danny Aiello. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Warning the stuff is a product of nature. A deadly living organism. If you see it in stores, call the police. If you have it in your home, don't touch it. Get out. It is addictive and destructive. And nothing can stop it. It's gonna kill you! It's gonna kill you all! You have been warned. The stuff. Rated R. Michael Moriarty, as part of his espionage, teams up with this fancy Manhattan commercial director (laughs) while he's pretending to be like an oil baron that wants to buy her ad company. She was originally the one who created the ad campaign for the stuff, so he goes in and he talks to her. Now they've formed this weird, awkward nuclear family of the three of them running over like the countryside. Uh, in they go from New York to this nowhere place in Virginia down to where they have the mine in uh, Midland, Georgia, I think they call it. I totally forgot that the absolute opener uh, is not the kid in bed, but it starts with just this old miner um, yeah. at this like snowy site. I don't know why it's snowy, because presumably it's in Georgia, but I guess maybe they originally find it somewhere else. <laughs> this movie takes every opportunity to not explain something that it can. Uh, and uh, this old miner is like walking around in the snow, and then he finds this bubbling white stuff that I don't know how anybody would actually see it in the middle of the snow, because it's also white. But he re- <laughs> the first thing he does is he reaches down and he goes, hey, what's this stuff? And picks it up on his finger and puts it in his mouth. Yeah. And he's like, ooh. Sweet, mmm, tasty, and he just gives it to another guy. The other guy's happy to eat it. It's absolutely, it's very efficient storytelling. Because bam, bam, you got two, you got two stuffed monsters there already. Yeah, they but, love it. 
<laughs> they they love it and immediately goes to oh man we could sell this yeah uh, so boom there's your whole plot there no more further no explanation yeah, required they, they are and of course it's barons of industry <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think they should have brought that that old miner guy back. It's just, it's they cut to all these miscellaneous old white evil white guys that are in charge of the, these companies, but they they should have gone back to the crazy old miner that's now the top of stuffy industries or whatever. Yeah. One of one of the more superior elements that is kind of quintessential to the movie is the parody commercials that they intersperse at various times for the stuff. It's yeah. really like the pinnacle of of the of the satire that they're trying to do. It's like hot chicks in b- both bikinis and fur coats. I mean the like real 80s look of not not both la- not some ladies in bikinis and some in fur coats, but all the ladies simultaneously wearing bikinis with fur coats on top. Talking about the stuff and some like jazzercise outfits, people like people like eating it in an alley doing a synchronized <laughs> dance routine. It's it's fantastic. When I was a little girl, I didn't think there was anything that I liked better than ice cream. Now I'm a big girl. And I've decided there's something I like better. Much better. It's called the stuff. And believe me, enough is never enough. So the fake, the fake ad, the fake ads are really good. They've even got a, they've even got a goddamn Abe Vigoda parody of Where's the yeah. Beef with the actual Where's the Beef woman, where they're at this fancy restaurant. Abe Vigoda's the husband, and he's like, "What's wrong, dear?" And the Where's the Beef yeah. ladies like goes, "Where's the stuff?" And you're like, "I've seen this movie six times. I totally forget this every time. It's amazing." They tra- they're tracking down all these addresses that these people that have started dissing, disappearing from these companies that have approved it and that are on the board of the FDA. They all all they're all getting their mail in this place called Stater, Virginia, I guess. And they go to this place, and there's nobody there. And the one gas station attendant that's, like, apparently the whole population of the whole place just is like, I don't know what's up with you, buddy. And then <laughs> uh, he's getting stalked by a mysterious character in, a, in an old-timey car. He goes to check out the old-timey car Michael Moriarty does. And he gets, like, kung fu ambushed by fucking Garrett Morris... <laughs> um, who apparently was originally meant to be Arsenio Hall. Yeah. But Arsenio Hall wasn't available. And Garrett Morris is playing uh, Chocolate Chip Charlie, who is obviously a ripoff of real African-American cookie baron, Famous Amos. Yeah. Thank you. So, uh, but un- unfortunately on IMDb, Garrett Morris, the character that he plays, is listed as Chocolate Charlie, which I think... It's really not an ideal uh, way to mess that up, IMDb, so maybe have somebody go in and fix that. It's yeah. Chocolate Chip Charlie, who is, you know, he's a mascot for his company. That actually makes sense. But the point is, Garrett Morris is playing this guy who vomits out all of the exposition for the whole <laughs> middle of the movie that you need during about a 30-second walk down the road in the state of Virginia with Michael Moriarty, where they basically lay out everything you need to know about the plot. They go to the... There's a post office with the creepiest depiction of a postal worker ever who ends up being this guy who, who goes into the next room and creepily lays down and has, like, a stuff attack where the stuff oozes <laughs> out of him and becomes animate and, like, comes to attack them. They break out the back door, and then they they get out of there, and then they get chased by some 
like a stuffy lynch mob when they get into like a kung fu punch fight with these these five stuffy guys and this lynch mob and when you hit them they're like these weird hollow husks filled with like fiberglass gunk so that's fun and they get away on a damn boat yada 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 they eventually get to sp go to the mine in georgia he does some like cool slick moves at the mine they give him a motel and in the motel and there's actually a really cool effect where they're asleep in the motel and then boom there's a pillow in between them it's a white pillow suddenly it explodes and like a stuffed hand comes out <laughs> and like grabs michael moriarty and jumps on him and he's having like a freak out like ripping them ripping it off his face moment and uh, so he's fighting with it, and she just like instantly is on it. She goes over to like a like a like an oil lantern. This like Canadian hillbilly assassin jumps in from the next room, and uh, and attacks them. But the stuff that's in the bed just like shoots out and attacks him instead, and pins him up against the wall and like consumes him in this really cool effect. And the the way they were able to do that effect was they had this rotating room. Uh, mechanism that they borrowed or stole or got that was left over from Nightmare on Elm Street. The scene where uh, it's Johnny Depp's character is in bed and he gets he gets rent rended open and they have this amazing effect by being able to flip the room in the in the production. It's like all of his blood shoots up into the ceiling, but really they've flipped the room so the blood's shooting out of him and hitting the floor. But it, visually, it's really good. They use the same thing to like pretty cool effect. Um, even if it is kind of um, uh, schizophrenic direction by uh, <laughs> Cohen and the stuff, it's, it's kind of a cool effect. The kid has done has gone off like an idiot and gotten trapped inside of a, a tanker that they're about to fill up with stuff from this, this these giant pools that they're pumping it out just straight up out of the ground. They're not refining it or anything. Maybe they're it, it, see, at some point it's shown it's shown being kind of churned by butter. But from what I can tell, they just pull it out of the ground and like whip it around a little bit and put it into tubs. So then it goes into this whole nonsensical thing where they they go out into the middle of the woods. They drive all night apparently because it's morning when they get there and there's this like castle compound in the middle of nowhere, Georgia where Paul Servino is the head of a, of a, of a medium-sized militia group. Uh, he's a right-wing maniac that is like, he's like, ha- he's like cross between Jack D. Ripper from uh, Strangelove. He's, he's, oh. he's a cross between Jack D. Ripper from Dr. Strangelove and a, and a bit character from Taxi. And, but he's, he acts it pretty well, even though it's like 11 out of 10 over the top. And the series of events is, the character and the situation is weirdly kind of like mirrors the situation that the heroes at the in 28 Days Later get into. When they finally show up to the like to the the military base outside of London, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. They get there, and at the beginning they're saved, and then they realize the situation's pretty fucked up and right wing and scary, and you know yeah. there's a, there's a min at a minimum implied amount of like sexual convert coercion for the women. Anyway, yeah. it's it's weirdly like that. Anyway, and then they take his army to the stuff factory and like kill everybody, but the stuffies of like. All the, all the stuff is oozed away. Point is, they like they win the day. There's a freaky ass scene though. There's like the denouement as they go. Him and the kids show up at like the CEO and the and, and his like minions office. And apparently, this is referenced everywhere. Is 
that apparently that office was perhaps the template, visual template for Mr. Burns' office in The Simpsons because it looks exactly <laughs> the same, including the stuffed bear. But anyway, um, may or may not, may or may not be true. Conspiracies abound. But the, Jason comes in following Michael Moriarty, and, and Jason, and Michael Moriarty takes out like a luger. And says like, okay, so this is you're going to be, you know, like your just desserts kind of thing. And they have them, they have them like have a feast of the stuff like while they're standing there in front of them. I, I'm, the point of that does not completely make sense, but you know it's supposed to be like poetic irony. But the the ramifications of that are pretty fucked up. But anyway, uh, so the the stuff is terrifying. It is it's 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 pretty frightening for a thing that doesn't really do much off screen except slosh around. It literally doesn't do anything else except slosh around. And then you have kind of like the husk effects of the people that are becoming stuffed or becoming de-stuffed, which are pretty freaking gross. Um, I'll, I guarantee I'll be putting in the Instagram or wherever we post images, uh, some of the images of Garrett Morris's like, um, uh, monster, stuffy transformation because it is absolutely horrendous they've got at least three versions of him like becoming unstuffed and he's got these weird freaking rows of teeth or nodules or something it's a lot of prosthetic it's a lot of practical prosthetic for this thing some of the effects are really good some of the the, some of the effects are really not good it's very it's very uh, schizophrenic scene to scene in terms of quality the, the effects and the acting um, it's really fun. The satire makes sense, but you know you can tell that they cut a lot out of the movie, which Larry Cohen talks about in interviews. Um, it's wacky as hell. It's definitely a, a, a good weird VHS uh, entertainment, you know, kind of rental house movie. But um, yeah, not a Criterion Collection piece. But Michael Moriarty, he's like I said, he's it's like he's acting in a better movie and everything that he's in at this, yeah. in this era. <laughs> in terms of actually, what's up with the stuff? It's it's very related to um, goops and globs and other monsters from similar films. I was trying to create a perfect Venn diagram that like that, that would sync together perfectly, and and the movies that I that I put in the Venn diagram were the stuff, the blob, Night of the Living Dead, and the thing. And in this instance, I'm talking. We're doing all the '80s versions of these, or you know, in the Night of the Living Dead, we're talking about the the '60s one. But in every one, we're talking about the newer Blob, and the uh, '80s the Thing. Um, there are elements that make more sense, like the in the old timey black and white Blob that actually was an alien from space, apparently. Yeah. And in the one from nineteen from the 1980s, it's actually like a military bio weapon gone military gone gone amok. Yeah. So. There are ways, and they, they sh- there's a lot of shared uh, concepts. Um, none of the rest of these movies is really like an '80s uh, satire, really, except for the stuff. Um, but they share, you know, they share things like you can freeze it to make it go away. Both the thing and the blob, it doesn't kill it, but you can freeze it, and it'll just like stop being a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in most of these, you can kill them with fire. Um, and multiples of them comes out of the ground. I mean, the thing's not originally out of the ground, but they do dig it out of the ground. Uh, in a couple of these, you get turned into a goop monster, and the thing, you know, you've got a goop monster state, and the stuff, you turn into a goop monster, and the blob, you're a goop monster. Um, some of them steal your identity. Some of them make you hangry. Like, you know, if you're a zombie, you're hangry. If you're a stuffy, you're hangry. 
Uh, there's just a lot of overlap in terms of what these movies are about and the the activation elements, the elements that the monsters have. Um, obviously, you know, people would argue that the stuff is not up there with Night of the Living Dead or The Thing. That's not the point. Yeah. Um, I hear you. That's not the argument that I'm making. You know, the, the thing or even the blob wins above the stuff any day in terms of like filmmaking quality. It's it's in that this weird little kind of subgenre of substance it takes people over, multiplies, and will stop at nothing until it's taken over the whole world. Ooh, right? the stuff was a long time ago. I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, the damn cover for the stuff that was at my video store. Yeah, and um, like a the, like a lot of 80s cover, it's an evocative cover, but it's not an image that exists in the damn movie. Yeah, um, it's just kind of this generic 80s looking guy. He kind of looks like the guy from um, uh, an American Werewolf in London. He's got the he's got green glowing eyes, and the the stuff is oozing out of all of his orifices. It's a good cover image, you know, graphic design image. But it's not in any. It's not in the movie. Um, it, it sums up what's going on. It communicates the point. But yeah, it's not in the yeah, movie. Yeah, I know what you're talking. What I'm talking about is an alternate cover, and it's um, mm. it's like a. Uh, I don't know what the art style would be, but it's kind of a, a photorealistic illustration. But it has to be an illustration because there are these cartoony, weird, screaming hellscape people coming out of a jar of stuff that has spilled from the refrigerator and like the refrigerator's cracked cracked open and it's illuminating the kitchen kind of in one direction and the rest of it's dim behind them and it's terrifying i think i remember (laughs) this image and it's not what the movie was like because the movie had all these like comical practical effects and I remember yeah. as a child, like, if I watch this, it's going to dement me for the rest of my life based on this photo, or, like, this illustration. And um, it didn't. It did not look like that when you watch the actual movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was the original. That's the bottom. The, the, were there, like, a pile of sludge coming out of the fridge? Yeah, and there's yeah, three I people coming out Yeah, I think that was it. the cover that I originally <laughs> saw. I can't believe I didn't Google more visually. It, yeah. Um yeah, it's and it is wild and this <laughs> image also yeah, if you if you if you google VHS cover cover the stuff and I'll put also put this in where we put um where we put imagery and yeah, you can I, even I see I'll put up the, the full the full box art even with like dollar 99 uh, <laughs> liquidation, liquidation world pricing price tag on it. It's a really evocative cover, and it's probably why it had a pretty good life on the video store shelves. You know, the concept sounds interesting. Yeah, sounds compelling, and the visuals on the box are cool as hell. And of course, <laughs> the movie doesn't quite live up to that awesome painting. Um, but. It does kind of give you in a one in a one sheet a sense of what the what the deal is. It is it does it does live up into the right direction of the concept of the movie. Are, are you eating, are it, you or, eating yeah. it or is it eating you? <laughs> Director Larry Cohen was quoted as saying, "My main inspiration was the consumerism and corporate greed found in our country and the damaging products that were being sold. I was constantly reading in the newspapers about." 
various goods and materials being recalled because they were harming people. For example, you had foods being pulled off of the market because they were hazardous to people's health. It's not really how examples work, Larry, but I get what you mean. I will say, I will say that like the stuff is scary in some of the effect scenes. Yeah. Um, even even as somebody in their thirties who's not uh, an eight year old kid worried about my food well, eating me. Well, even if it's not like maliciously attacking you, like the very concept of vomiting is still upsetting. Yeah. Whether yeah. or not you're like terrified of it or not, that doesn't matter because it'll still bother anybody. Like yeah, and the, and the stuff has some weird properties. Like this <laughs> this U.S. postal clerk guy that's kind of like this slow greasy looking Virginia dude at first you think he's just creepy and then you're like okay he's definitely a stuffy and then he comes yeah. back like three or four times throughout the film where the the ooze leaves him a husk and then after the ooze like chases chases Michael Morty off it comes back and fills him back in and then he can go run around afterwards so apparently it's a system that can it can the cycle yeah. can continue on um but, you know, it does imply that there's this kind of, like, hive mind, uh, you know, they don't, they don't hammer it home, which, if anything, I think is a weakness of the film is that, you know, this is, is this an alien race or do that, yeah. can they all, you know, they could have played with something like everybody that all the stuffies can see what all the other stuffies could see, you know, they left a lot of stuff on the table that they could have done with this being a monster you know, conceptually, and that they had, you know, they all had a goal, and, you know, they there are conspirat- conspiratory elements, you know, there's a, a scene in that I didn't talk about in New York where, you know, they're going to have, they're going to have Moriarty taken out, and this girl that's working at, like, she's got, like, a ice cream, you know, just, like, umbrella stand on the corner she takes out a walkie-talkie and calls it in to the other stuffies and says like okay he's crossing the street right now and they try to run him over with a stuffy truck i mean you could i think you could have done that but may, what if they were all psychically linked um anyway there's just there's just elements like that, that i think they left on the table that it could have made them conspiracy more fascinating but you know it's, it's yeah. good it's good that's goals. a good point because like i i watched it the most recently i watched it i think was like eight years ago or so and I remember they just cut from the guy finding it to it suddenly being a, a big craze. Yes. And it's just everywhere with no context at all. Yeah. Ju- it's just in the refrigerator and you're supposed to just instantly think, oh, yeah, stuff, of course. Of course it became an ice cream. Bad, but like, yeah. <laughs> But there's yeah. a lot of things that they could have done with that, like a lot of boardroom stuff. And there's always comedy in the 80s with boardroom scenes. <laughs> mm-hmm. That reminds when you say boardroom scenes, that reminds me. Because, and there are a lot of scenes like that, or there are a lot of cuts like that where, yeah. and, and to a certain extent, and that, you know, that could be, that could be a good storytelling, that could be a way to good, do good, efficient storytelling is, man, some guy, some, some miner sticks his finger in the ground, finds it and says, man, we could sell that and cut to it being a national craze. I mean, yeah. I'm not against that exact cut. But it, there are other kind of like whoa that happened fast parts of yeah. parts of Larry Cohen's movies, particularly the stuff where you're like, I think there should have been some extra scenes. Some of them probably yeah. got cut out for time because he he discusses that at various points. But also when you when you mention a boardroom scene, it reminds me that when we watch when we do like bad movie night with my friends even now like over Zoom, 
uh, an element even like a long time ago. One of the one of the things that I decided was a way to judge how bad a movie was is how many like white men in gray suits is in the movie because (laughs) these movies that have weak elements of the plot particularly during the 80s when most of these movies came out is in order to get the plot moving what you just cut to is just a bunch of bad guys in like three-piece white suit (laughs) or gray suits in a boardroom going you know going like well this is the malevolent plan that we are enacting and then they'll say like okay now we're going to send some ninjas and then they send some ninjas and you know and then when it doesn't work out they need to advance the plot some more you cut back to the guys in the gray suits um and and this movie has a pretty high ratio of guys in gray suits it's not one scene i mean they got easily a dozen guys in gray suits explaining their malevolent plan uh overall as a monster i think it's 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 pretty freaky there's some good effects it's genuinely scary even oh yeah elements of it are not like perfectly handled um i like it i mean there's probably a reason i've seen it six or seven times because it's just it's it's funny Michael Mor- Moriarty is good enough that in the scenes that you're in, you want to watch what he's doing. Yeah. If we were to do a crunch time for the stuff, which is obviously not a D&D or gaming monster, it would be ooh, kind of like jelly. an ooze slime jelly, right? It would be yeah. a... Um, it, 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 it's, it's probably more sentient than ooze slimes and jellies are, which are kind of yeah. like sub-animal. But it can it do standard like, kind of ooze slime jelly stuff. But but most ooze slimes and jellies don't take over your personality and get to use your resources as a person. It's kind of a hybrid between an ooze slime jelly or like a doppelganger almost. You know, yeah. it's kind of like it's kind of like a doppelganger meets an ooze, where it can take you over and infect somebody else with with itself. And then keep replicating that process, and in that way, it's it's a lot like the thing from the thing, where yeah. and, and then in the one of the freaky things about while studying the stuff that I thought about the thing is you never see anything that is the thing, like yeah. they you know um, uh, the Quaker Oats man like the, like he uh, you know diabetes what's his name Wil- Wilford Wil- Brimley Wilford Brimley does that like six bit video animation showing the cell infecting the other cell on his like yeah. pre Commodore 64 monitor. And that's well, about as that's what the thing was, was just a micro. Yeah. It's just, it's just like cells. So the yeah. point is like on screen, you never really see anything that's like raw thing. If that makes yeah. any sense. Like they never have like a vial of it. That's just, you yeah. know, it, it's always just, it's something else that's infected. It's more like because you never see anything other than that digital readout in the thing of what the thing is. It's all things that have become thinged, and you can yeah. tell by how fucked up they are. You know, they're not yeah. in the sh- they're not in the shape of that they should be. They're a hybrid, or you know, they're part plant, part part animal, part person. You know, their thingness is in their fucked upness. They're not encased in a blob. You know, it, the thing, you never really see the thing. The thing is just just inappropriate juxtapositions, if that if that makes yeah. any sense. Um, yeah, whereas you the stuff, you see the stuff constantly. Yeah, recognize what stuff is, and recognize stuffies, mm-hmm. I guess, infected people, because those are the people who do not hate consumerism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So in a way, the thing <laughs> is kind of more like Night of the Living Dead, where you don't really, you don't see like a jar of the like the like dead juice like splash out yeah. on the ground or anything. It's just people get whatever it is, whether it's a microbe or a virus or whatever, they get it and then they give it to other people. But you don't see it. You see things yeah. infected by it. Well, anyway, you see the stuff. Yeah, the, the seeing the stuff is the point of the stuff. Yeah, and and but then also the element of what it does to you because the the interesting effects if you just had the white stuff splashing around them be kind of like okay, but when you see Garrett yeah. Morris's head like contort back and open up and his jaw get oh. all like like muppety that's yeah, what the actual scary awful. stuff is. Yeah, and his entire mouth becomes teeth and mm. pores. Yeah, it's really it's really <laughs> nightmarish. Can the stuff happen? You know, it's interesting. I think it, you know. I think if you it you already might, did. It's it's called high fructose corn. Uh, yes, and it will. <laughs> it it definitely killed a lot more people in reality already than the stuff killed yeah. in the movies. It will turn um, you into a monster. Yeah. What I liked about the stuff is its blatant anti-consumerism mm-hmm. message. <laughs> yeah, it certainly <laughs> because I'm so into that. Yeah, it certainly doesn't pull any punches. You. Even years after watching the stuff, you remember what the point was. It is it's yeah. It's swinging for the fences, and I'll 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 give it that. You know, like it's it's kind of a Babe Ruth yeah. there in terms of what Larry Cohen's doing, or maybe he's a Babe Ruth where he's like, I don't know, I may not be the best at this, but I'm gonna whack the hell out of it. And you know, like yeah. you were you remember the points, you know. You can yeah. you have kind of like what's an anti-consumerist film? You've got one. You're like bam, bam. Okay, up the stuff. You know it. It fills a specific slot. Yeah, if your if your child cries one too many times out for passing up a McDonald's sign, then show them the stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or condition them to eat McDonald's while watching the stuff. We're we're, we're advocating for a very specific <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah. uh, eating disorder, where you're. T- 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 terrified of animate white foods. Are you eating it? Or is it eating you? Now that we've escaped our first menace, dear readers, we invite you into the apothecary, that den of rare and obscure balms, salves, powders, and oils derived from the exotic serpents, clattering critters, and acrid arachnids, where we do our most shadowy machinations. Our friend Jeremy keeps dying in the dark putrid dungeons one player character after the next, like moths to the flame, whether it's crushed by a cyclops, didn't get his mage armor up in time, or was incinerated by his own divine light, Jeremy finds a way for his piss wizard to perish in the first round of combat. So here we are to ask you to open your coin purses, help pitch in just a bit to defray the massive cost of all these dang healing potions we need to keep Jeremy crawling through the dungeons. If you want to support the show on an ongoing basis, you can check us out at patreon.com slash oopsallmonsters. That's oops with two O's. Or you can make a one-time contribution to the Apothecary's Health Potions for Jeremy Fund, which at most levels will get you a shout-out at the top of the show, if you're into that. If you're not, we can give you a sweet and scary pseudonym to keep your dark business under wraps. So you can toss a coin to us at paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters. Again, that's paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters. And in every case... Oops is with two O's and no punctuation, just like Tiamat intended.
Hi there. My name is Douglas Rassensberger, and I'm the CEO and founder of Douglas's Cutlasses. Have you ever found yourself in this situation? You've just gotten home from a long day of spurring growth at your small but thriving business. You're just trying to slice some quality deli meats and cheeses for a relaxing snack, and suddenly there's a mysterious intruder rummaging through your garbage outside. What's a domestic disruptor to do when you get in a pickle like this? Pull out your handy-dandy, short-handled, half-guarded navel sword, that's what. Here at Douglas's Colors, we've got every possible colors for every conceivable scenario. Are you an aspiring or current CEO of a Fortune 500 company? I've got a colors for that. A middle school teacher struggling to maintain discipline in the classroom? I've got a colors for that. Looking to add a little flair to drab dinner parties? I've got a colors for that. Some people say to me, but Douglas, I'm not a pirate, privateer, or sailor. What do I need with a battle-quality 27-inch half-guard naval sword? I'm so glad you asked. Here at Douglas's Cutlasses, our research shows that the vast majority of conflicts, both business and personal, can be positively affected by the introduction of a modest, well-crafted naval sword. So let's get swashbuckling. No matter what's your problem, an easy-to-wield iron-forged cutlass is probably the solution. So once again, I'm Douglas Raffensperger of Douglas's Cutlasses. Come get stabby with me. Please go to paypal.me slash oopsallbonsters and make a payment there. And that's oops with two O's. Again, that link is paypal.me slash oopsallbonsters. So one night, you're asleep alone, um, and you hear the neighbor kid and his weird metalhead friend, and they won't shut up. And they've been talking on and on about their tree that got struck by lightning. And one particular night, you hear a gunshot, and then you venture next door. And on your way to their door, you could have swore you saw something small run into the bushes, and then you yell out, yell out Glenn? Terry? Al? Are you guys okay? And then you're sure that you saw something, kind of like a rat run into the bushes in your peripherals. And slowly and steadily, you walk to the rhododendron bush and push away a little window in the twiggy nexus, and it has a face. This rat has a human face and muscular little arms and hands like a human, and it snarls and jumps under a crack in the foundation of the neighbor's house. So running inside, you nearly trip on the lifeless form of an overall-wearing corpse, and its head is missing, and out of the neck pours several small rat monkeys. Laughing and tittering, they swarm your ankles and rip through your acid-washed jeans, and you are now lunch for a scorn of imps. 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 Imps? Imps. 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 Okay. I, for, for, at the right at the beginning, I was I got I for I was I was thinking like pumpkin head when you get I, right like right the, in the first line I was like I have no idea what this is. <laughs> the imps, the movie, uh, the game. Oh, so okay, okay. I haven't. All right, that's gonna have some very specific visuals here. Yeah, it's Steven Dorff's a little kid and. Um, uh, lightning hits a tree in his yard, and um, him and his friend listen to a metal record backwards, and like the mixture of the lightning and the tree and the metal <laughs> all summons a demon or several demons. I'm not quite sure. He, I just remember he defeated the demon with fireworks because he loves his sister, and his sister gave him the fireworks. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I need to find image. I'm- but I've decided that. 
a group of imps is called a scorn because I'm a parazoologist. Okay, I like that. And I get to make up that kind of this stuff. Is a yeah, tiny <laughs> Steven Dorf. The imp is usually like the lesser, lower, lowest form of uh, demon, like hellbound agents. Yeah. Uh, and they get into malicious chaos, and usually they're enthralled by a more powerful demonic entity. Something that doesn't really jump out and sends its imps yeah. first. Yeah, now I'm, see now I'm and, seeing these uh, little freaky claymation dudes. Yeah, those little claymation imps. And um, <clears throat> they're usually mischievous more than they are deadly. Uh, the term imp may have come from himp. Which means a grafted tree. What was and what was that? That comes himp. Himp. <laughs> himp. Comes himp. 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 Yeah. Uh huh. Himp. Y m p e. Himp. Okay. Which is which is what again? <laughs> it's a grafted tree. Like the bark on it is grafted, or like it could be a, a little bud coming off of the grafts from the tree is in himp. Huh. And um, eventually that evolved to mean, like, a noble child or anything immature. Um, among imp masters are demons, witches, sorcerers, evil wizards, and the devil himself. Mm. Um, the actual definition includes to repair a feather on a living bird with another feather. Okay. Is some something you can do. Imping is something that you do in aviary. Hmm. Uh, veterinarian schools. Uh, it's, I guess, falconers uh, imp broken feathers all hmm. the time. Um, it's also a small economy car made by Chrysler Europe back in the 70s. Um, but most of the time in fiction, they're just kind of like evil fairies. Uh, most of the time they're diabolic, as in they're agents of vandalism and destructive uh, from specifically the Christian hell. Right. Um, yeah, they're they're specifically so, demonic, yeah. right? Hence the hence the gate. Yeah. Yeah, hence the gate. Gaia. <laughs> you know, I'm not positive and I've seen this movie. I Really? I was sure that I had based off of cuz I I could I immediately called up the VHS copy, like the the cover of the VHS in my mind. But looking through this, yeah. I have no I am not like I may have seen these little monster dudes, but I don't remember any of this other stuff in this movie. It's it's a little forgettable <laughs> okay. actually. It's pretty <laughs> Like um probably I would say 60% of the movie is just Steven Dorf worried about his sister and then his sister worried about mm -hmm. him. And like with just the context that like they're they're worried about each other and they love each other, no, like nothing really bad is happening. <laughs> Not a ton of peril. And yeah, yeah. Most of the movie, right up until the end, is just that, and his nerdy metalhead friend talking about like it's a gateway to hell. I'm sure of it. Uh huh. And then Steven Dorff like doesn't believe him and. And then they summon a demon, or, or they summon several little imps that come out of a corpse. Okay, so what is the so is is the takeaway that heavy metal is bad? Is I mean, what is? Um. Oh my God! The point of this, uh, the point yeah. of the gate is there isn't okay. one. I swear there isn't one. Because <laughs> I've seen this bitchin' like vinyl record by this fake, I assume fake band like Sacrifix. 
spelled with an F Y X yeah. at the end. <laughs> yeah. and it's pretty bitching. Yeah, if, that, if nobody yeah, has like fake the... made that band for like a Halloween cover band, they really should. Oh, Sacrifice. Yeah, it's a, it's a, that name holds up as a metal band name. Um, a lot of the times, imps are just like a, a mass, uh, a scorn of a group of uh, little demons, but sometimes they'll have a specific task, like Rumpelstiltskin was an yeah. imp. Uh, Robert Louis Stevenson's book, The Bottle Imp, was an imp. And it was about a bottle that can't be broken or discarded because it has an imp in it. Um, it grants wishes, and uh, the previous owners before the main character, who's named Kiwi, includes Napoleon and Captain Cook. Um, so uh, the guy wishes for money and gets it, but he becomes a leper. And then his wife takes the bottle to like sacrifice herself to get, get the bottle away from everybody. And there's a card game based on that book, which is like, I think either end up with the imp or get rid of the imp, <laughs> or the person with the imp at the end of the card game I'm, loses. I'm, I'm not imp, or you know, whatever. You're you're imp, not me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Imps are often bound to objects in various different folklores, and since imps have fire powers and wish powers. They're often compared, if not classified, with jinn, genies, and ifrits. Yeah, that makes sense. Witches and warlocks can have an imp familiar or a tutor that's a completely different servant than their animal familiar. Like, they can have an animal and an imp from everything that I've read. The imp in Doom is the third level staple of the entire game. Like, after you beat enough zombies, you fight yeah. an imp and then armies of imp because it's the weakest demon. Yeah, the imp is literally that first guy that you you see that, like... Is he, do they yeah, they fire shoot eggs? fire. Um, because the graphics were like that back then, it was debated that if the fire came out of its mouth, chest, or just hands. And... I think it just shoots fire mm. in later versions of Doom, like from all three. But yeah, it is the it's like the pawn of yeah uh, of Doom. Yeah, right. It's just it's, the the, it's low the lowest level, the low level. Yeah, the lowest level tube. not used to be a human demon, like actual demon. There's tons of imps in Magic. My favorite is the Bog Imp, because uh, oh, you could. Yeah. I used to have this combo thing where I had a. Uh, an artifact, I forgot what it was, but everything costs one generic mana less. So I could summon an imp for one mana and it flies at 1-1. One, one, and that blocked a lot of stuff that you guys did because with your mm -hmm. flying juggernauts. <laughs> Fl I don't remember having well, a lot flying of people juggernauts. Did. <laughs> um, later in Magic juggernauts. the Gathering, like almost every time an imp will do something like tap another creature or give you one life if you sacrifice it or something something thrallish like that and the imp actually it's an old favorite because just like cthulhu and salvador dali i was introduced to it by the real ghostbusters that's kind of tickling my memory what was the imp episode well the, there were three the of them the first one was called janine's day off and an imp uh, <laughs> breaks out of the containment unit like they already had one because Slimer's screwing around. And then um, Vankman decided just to zap it. Whenever he zapped it, it turned into more imps. Um, but the one I really remember is the third one. is called The Jokes on Ray. 
is where Ray inherits his Uncle Gaylord's joke shop and all of his imps. <laughs> and all of his and imps. all of his imps. And they have to figure out how to... Because you can't bust the imps because they're demonic <laughs> in the cartoon show. Like, explain that. Uh, you can, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Look at yeah, all, look these, at all these demons who are Sorry, not ghosts. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't... Whatever, whenever I think of uh, real go- real Ghostbusters or whatever, the, the yeah, the Ghostbusters cartoon shows. There's that one episode where those two gods, those two warring yeah. Babylonian gods, are like turning into weird. One of them yeah. turns into a hot dog. <laughs> it's like Marduk yeah, it was, and the other um, one. I can I shit. Was it um, Marduk and uh, you know the big the bad one? Tiamat yeah. and Marduk and Tiamat. Yes, correct. I swear Marduk took, turns into a hot yeah. dog at some point. Anyway. Stuff like that. Imps sometimes include the homunculus uh, thing from, from uh-huh, okay, Greek yeah. philosophies. Um, Co- Carl Jung yeah. uh, compared uh, you know his whole duality thing to having a homunculus or an imp inside you. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a hmm, it's kind of a cheat term for saying a little yeah. a little mischievous devil without the full power of yeah. a, of a full on devil. The imp is a tiny fiend (parentheses devil) that is lawful evil. It's got a thirteen armor class, ten hit points, twenty flying, twenty regular speed, forty flying speed. It's um, its better stats are it's got a seventeen dex. Everything else is mediocre but it's got deception insight persuasion stealth it's got a, a bunch of damage resistances it's immune to fire yep. and poison being poisoned it's got a lot of dark vision it speaks infernal it's a challenge rating one uh it's got three abilities it can change shape it can basically polymorph into a yeah. rat a raven uh or a spider and then it's got Devil's Sight, which gives its magical darkness does not impede the imp's dark vision and resistance to <laughs> magic. And its actions are a sting, um, which uh, causes a constitution saving throw against poison damage. And uh, the invis- ability to do invisibility. The imp can magically turn itself invisible until... It attacks or until its concentration ends, as if concentrating on a spell. Any equipment the imp wears or carries is invisible with it. So it's a very good... It's kind of like the demonic version of a little, like, fey, like sprite or something. In its abilities, you know, it's got polymorph and a little trickster. It's not going to, like, womp up your party. But it makes for a good bad guy familiar, or if you put a, a bunch of them in a room, they could, you know, they could, they're, they're kind of yeah. like gremlin-y. And as a young child, um, being told that Christianity is real all the time got me the idea that the most likely way to summon a demon was to try to get the weakest one, because that'd be easy. Makes sense. Like, I was no older than in, like, kindergarten or first grade. I was trying to summon imps, like, all the time. What do you sacrifice to try uh, to get a I didn't sacrifice for? anything. I tried like to... a bowl of macaroni... I tried to draw pictures on um, places that I thought was magic. <laughs> <laughs> what would you... Yeah. You just like a... a like a... a yeah, like I would go what? into where the construction zone was in the trailer park and like... Imp. Etch a pentagram into 
into a tree that they knocked down or something. Well, if that's not going to summon an imp, I don't know what is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you hit the nail right on the head there. So yeah. um, we've proven well, also, imps don't exist. And it may have worked because like a bunch of off-the-wall shit has happened in my life. And they weren't incidents that I necessarily provoked. Like, <laughs> yeah. In large part, I would say no, imps can't happen. But you wouldn't know it because they have deception abilities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can turn invisible. Yeah. No, sem- no semicolon. Imps can't happen! Exclamation point. Yeah. Whatever you can hear. I'm gonna if I hit the like D and D Beyond make. Uh, tell me this name. We'll see if you can hear it. I'm gonna do it right now. Here. Imp. You hear that? Yeah. Imp. Yeah. Imp. It's funny. It's a funny one. Imp. Yeah. Imp. Imp. I found an old sketchbook of mine from like first grade. And I categorized all the imps that I caught, but I remember making that up. Who knows? It, as I grew up, I might have lost the magic of being able to summon imps. That might have happened. Yeah, that's Probably a lot of a lot of things. You lose a lot of things with age. <laughs> yeah. You know, your your testicles start hanging into the yeah. into the toilet water, and you can't see imps anymore. You can't see imps anymore. <laughs> I'm looking at the bog imp, which I remember very vividly from all your black. Decks yeah. back when we played the the magics. Yeah. And because I, it's a black bordered card, the original one, because it's from the dark, which was one of the earliest it's like the earliest expansion expansion. Yeah. And uh, it's a real nasty looking illustration by Ron Spencer here. Of this kind of almost like xenomorphy looking yeah. thing that's green with Red claw, like red yeah. blood encrusted With claws, the fish like skeleton lur- lurking in a creepy swamp. Yeah, it's just a one-one flying creature that costs a black and a, a black and a colorless, but it's just very vicious looking. It was great for defense. Mm-hmm. And usually, I'm, I'm liking it. I could get about two or three imps out by the third turn. Get your imps out. Get your imps, get your out. imps out. Yeah, you get yourself a dark. You get yourself a dark ritual. You yep. get a. You get an unholy strength. You just be just imping all over the place. Imping all over. <laughs> Im, imping ain't easy. Imping ain't easy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know? Never not imping. That imps are gar- are also gargoyles. Uh, no, they're not. Are they really? What? Uh, yeah, there are. There's there's uh, the imp of Lincoln, which is in Lincoln Castle, is a little imp gargoyle. There's a whole um, Renaissance art style specifically for imp gargoyles, where really? they put um, yeah, where they sit in a casual manner and put one leg over the other. Those oh, are called imps. Oh, you know what? I I do know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, technically, they're not gargoyles unless they come from the gargoyle region of France. Yeah, from the river. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's one of those... Uh, have you ever seen that um, that English... Uh, they would call it panel show, but, like, game show with no stakes, where it's just all the same comedians, uh, called QI, that uh, is was originally no. hosted by Stephen Fry for many years. Hello, what have we got here? Hello, what's this? Now it, Holy crap. Um, it's, I was... I had to have seen it. <clears throat> yeah, it's like, uh, if you could, there's like a million episodes of it on YouTube. It was one of my favorite things for like five years. And, but it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's full of it, the kind of factoid that 
I like to throw at people that's really like useless and pointless and unrelated to anything else. So you're the most advanced humanoid robot on the planet, is that right? That is kind of like, you know, it's not a gargoyle unless it spits water out of its mouth. If it doesn't spit water out of its <laughs> mouth, it's just a grotesque. Um, huh. So, yeah, no, I think I, I think I, now that you said it, I totally um, remember... I didn't realize that they were called imps, though, the ones that are in that style. They're like little, they're almost like cher- like demonic yeah. cherubs, almost. Is that you? Yeah. They were, calling them, they were calling them imps when they were making them, uh, because it was already a word for like a little demon back then. Do you know what the origin, um, you know what that, the origin of that word is? The word imp, like yes, the etymology impa. of it? Impa. Impa comes from uh, an old Pictish or Gaelic or something word. It means like sprout. Basically, it's a sprout that comes from a tree, and then that evolved to mean um, the son of a noble or the son of any kind of royalty, like in the concept of what a sprout is from a tree, like something small that comes from something giant and mighty and established. And then from that, I have no idea how it became a demon. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I'm see yeah, that's what I'm seeing here. Um speaking of QI, um a lot of those a lot of those shows that they've got um there's a, a related show 8 out of 10 cats that actually has an um a a linguist expert um <laughs> that uh but yeah, based on Greek, I <laughs> this word emphin uh, it's a very gav. It's a very gavining make fun of word. E m p h u e i n is the Greek, and it means to implant. 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 Yes. Implant. How? I even I have no idea how the fuck you would say that. E m p h u e i n. Implant. Oh, let me see. Implant. U e i n. Is the Greek. Implant. Um, yes. Uh, Greek goes somehow into Old English. Imphuin turns into impa or impa and then goes to where we are in, uh, with imp. Imp. And then straight to Janine's day off on the real (laughs) Ghostbusters. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. And that's, that's the whole (laughs) thing. That's this through line right there. That's the whole thing. (laughs) So... Um, if you, if, if you, and they were knockers, <laughs> a, a lot of, oh, them yeah, were yeah, great yeah, like, uh, like, uh, yeah, 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 like, um, what am I thinking of? Like labyrinth, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, like, like uh, labyrinth knockers, like, uh, the two, the, those are, they those are imp- ring in there. Those teeth. are impish labor, you know, they're, they're impish knockers. Yeah. They're, uh, faces yeah, knockers. with the, the ring goes through their nose. It's all, it's kind of like a sub genre inside of Gothic decoration is, is, not, is there's a lot of grotesques, um, are imps that it kind of like, they are yeah. integrated. They are a category of, the way you would decorate your gothic medieval, you know, castle or keep or what have you. Yeah, which is uh, surprising to me that there's a lack of the of any imps in modern gothic culture. <laughs> Nobody talks about imp. It's all nephilims. Yeah, and, it's um, a little vampires. I, yeah, I mean, maybe they maybe they need like a uh, a weebu e girl like makeover because the whole this whole like uh, this whole <laughs> yeah. 
does this whole this, lack of imps. Whole, be sad. <laughs> you know what kind of serious problems I've been having with lack of imps. Just, but all of these, like <laughs> now, these girls that are doing the like the little like squeaky squeaky cheek gestures on their on their TikToks. I feel like yeah. I feel like we've got hashtag we've got <laughs> we've got hashtag goblin core going on. We need to we need to get hashtag imp core happening. Yeah, um, the the imp movement. You heard it at Oops All Monsters. You heard first. it. You heard it here first. Impcore. Hashtag impcore. Try, don't try to stop us. And don't try to stop us. Don't steal our ideas with your Salvador Dali Mustang. <laughs> uh, so if you, <laughs> so if you, if we were if we were on the the nineteen seventies used car lot, and I was looking around at all of the monster cars, and you you yeah. were going to sell me the imp, why why the, why the imp, as opposed to well, as opposed to like the Gremlin. Or the Thunderbird. Ah, look at these. Look at these. These. Uh, these uh, cryptid car analogies that I'm making. I feel like a professional all of a sudden. Maybe. Um, well, <laughs> imps. They're the. Um, they're the cover all for uh, demonic interns. Uh, if you need anything to go for done, that that's they'll do it. Or interesting. Okay. Magically make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a, uh, a lot they're of the intern. Like, uh, they're the interns. Genie powers. They're the interns of the netherworld. That's an interesting way to put it. Maybe like it's kind of like yeah. the the unpaid version. But if you graduate from being an imp, you get, can get to be a lesser demon or a uh, yeah. That's I think it would be a great system to play in in some type of RPG like similar to White Wolf, but without all the sad crap in it. <laughs> Like, but start off as an imp and try to work your way up to a juggernaut or something. Yeah, some or a uh, a pit fiend, right? Would be a pit fiend. Yeah, a, some kind a, of because a garlon. Because really, what is a pit fiend if not a like an imp times a hundred? A graduated imp. Yeah. Yeah. So it's some somebody who went to imp college. Uh, graduated and got their masters in um, Balefire. <laughs> uh, they've always been characterized as um, little helpers to bigger uh, demonic forces, or the people who have summoned them. Which yeah, is yeah. Great if you want to have an imp around, because um, for only the mere price of some type of ironic punishment. You can have um, small whims granted. <laughs> yeah, for, for, for only one ironic needful things problem, you can have a, a little yeah. devilish friend who will make things even more complicated for you by misinterpreting your needs uh, intentionally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's great. I, you know, I, there's something that we... Um, that I'm reminded of, which is they're almost kind of the paragon of the evil familiar. When I think of imp, yeah. they're kind of the the familiar to the the dark lord, the warlock, the lich. Yeah, they're they're so down the middle of like there is there's nothing more. Uh, familiar, like dark familiar, like than an imp, because the, also the things that they can turn into are, you know, like at least in Dungeons and Dragons, are the 
um, familiar categories. They can turn into a crab. They can turn into a bat. They can turn into a spider. It's all it's yeah. all the same category, except that they're they have all yeah, sorts of powers and immunities. And cats. Mon- monkeys and cats and imps. Oh my. Uh, imps is familiars. Yeah, in almost any system. Um, uh, if you play a warlock, you're going to get an imp eventually. Like, uh, that happens in World of Warcraft, it happens in Dungeons and Dragons, it happens in, um, um, warlocks and imps have some type of, uh, like, recent relationship, because I don't think that was really established before, that, um, the demons that warlocks can order around are specifically imps. I think that's kind of new. Well, okay, right, It makes sense. I mean, that's, it's kind of like, uh, building a a Lego set without the instructions as an adult like that. It just makes sense there. Yeah. 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 I don't know why this is coming to me right now, but for some reason it's the, I, I'm just realizing the, the way imps, the way I can make sense of imps is because they only make sense in terms of being from hell or the, the dark world or Hades in that, like, The, the Christian mindset is so fixated, well, one, on dualities, but in, uh, in, ad- in addition to the dualities, it's also fixated on, like, ranking all of the spiritual Michigas <laughs> yeah. on, like, a spreadsheet, yeah. where, or at least yeah. on a continuum of smallest to largest. They're really into, like, okay, down here, you you least buy in. If you, if you need to have a seat at the diner, you at least got to get a coffee and a biscuit. And your coffee and a biscuit in, in the dark world is, like, your imp. It's, like, you can't get any smaller than an imp. It is, it is yeah, well, your base honestly, model. I loved it. I love it, and I've loved it ever since I was a child. Like, I understood that Christian, like, uh, need for c- categories. Because, like, the, the, the obsession that I had with imps as a kid, which is real, like, um, I, like, I'm not making this up for the show or anything. Like, I found a bunch of drawings of my imps and that I tried to summon. I was, like, seven years old. It came from Ghostbusters, of course. It, but, like, the reason that I picked imps because it's it was because it seemed like the most attainable because they were the lowest, <laughs> right? Like that would be the easiest demon to come and get to get to do things for you. Like, oh, an imp! I'll just shoot for reasonable expectations, like the lowest thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean it. It <laughs> it, it makes sense if you're doing if you're doing like low level <laughs> like Damien Eccles ass shit. You know, like try to try, try, try if if it's your first day out fishing, you know, don't go, don't go for the the hammerhead, don't go for the swordfish, you know, you yeah. go go for a minnow, yeah. or a bass, or a carp, or a rainbow trout, or something, you know, something you can fit in your hand. Don't try to don't try to nab Lucifer on your yeah. first day out. <laughs> this isn't try to get a minnow with your. Neck. This isn't Jaws, right? You just. Try to get something yeah. attainable, something that's not going to drag your ass out of the boat. Yeah, imps are largely going to be in all of the role-playing games and collectible card games and video games that we all love and uh, spend most of our time with. That's where you're going to find your imps. I don't think you're going to find them in TV and movies. Yeah, I think the I think the um, the bottom line with imps are that maybe the imps are like your Honda Civic. Or your Prius, uh, it's like your, your, it's your it's like your starter college car of 
demons. It's like uh, it's like it's like your one hundred and one level entry. It's your entry level demon. That's the point. The point is that like it, it's you don't start out with a Dodge Charger or whatever the heck cool people drive. Or you don't start out with a Tesla. Aaron's upper middle class starting off with a Prius. <laughs> Things are different <laughs> in California. The, in California, you start with a Prius and you end up with a Tesla. That's the that's the whole continuum. There's nothing in the middle. <laughs> okay. In, in, ca- no, in California, like- Priuses are not fancy. They're they're basic. Like here, here, okay, he, here, they they like are like a they're like a status symbol for people that um, you know like I don't know eat Brussels sprouts. The, in California, every compost, every, every, yeah, they have compost toilets and do yoga in the nude. But it, 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 yeah, if you have a if you have a compost toilet here in this area, then you need to. Seriously, take a look around at where you're at. <laughs> yeah, because you're, the, yeah, the yeah. soil is everywhere. You know, it's weird. You're either a granola, super granola yoga hippie or a like a, a a prepper with that makes his own bullets. It's very yeah. opposite ends of the spectrum. If you if, if you're if you're shitting in a compost toilet around here. <laughs> If you have a compost toilet around here, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you either buy <laughs> you either buy MREs in bulk or you voted for Jill Stein. There is there's nothing there's nothing in the middle at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 either that you have like three different custom stocks for your AR fifteen, or you have a Ralph Nader butt plug collection. I do have three cousins. <laughs> anyway, and I have a Ralph Nader butt plug butt plug connection. Uh, no, that's, that's the, but we get along. Wah, wah, that's the that's the real premise of the show. It's a it's a political odd couple yeah. show. <laughs> I have so many guns, I don't know where to shit. Uh, okay, so last word on imps. What's what's the la- What's your hashtag imp, imp core takeaway for all of the fourteen year old Japanese girls in Tokyo tomorrow that are going to start wearing uh, hashtag imp core without without your supervision? What do you want to tell them to do? They're small and their eyes are big, and they'll do anything you tell them to. But imps, on the other hand, <laughs> God damn. Oh. You see what I did there? <laughs> you know, it's, uh, there's, that's there's not there's no way I can put that in. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, what would I tell them? Um, or what would you tell them not to do? Either of those. Oh, last word on imps it doesn't have to be about. Uh, it doesn't have to be about uh, the the Tokyo fashion trends. Be like, what what's the definitive? Okay, what's then. your definitive last that- word? Uh, when that when you think of when you think imps, yeah. think um, this. <laughs> think this. It's an excellent game mechanic. It's gonna work for so many things. It's gonna solve a lot of problems. If you're having any kind of problem as a dungeon master, um, you just kick an imp in there and uh, go with it because it's gonna have a lot of miscellaneous uh, powers and uh, plot devices. Uh, interesting narratives that you can explore. If you're <coughs> designing any other type of game, then why not go for an imp? Yeah, because uh, there it's more than li- more more than likely you're going to have magic in your game, and if you have magic, you can have um, demonology 
Yeah, for like sure. A, a hierarchy of a hierarchy of antagonists, and uh, on that hierarchy, starting out, you can have your Lemures and your Imps. An Imp will solve any level one to five protagonist boredom problem. If they're if your players are bored, or if your players are even run into something that they can't figure out, throw an Imp in there. Throw an and Imp in there. Throw an Imp in there. Okay, great. <laughs> and it'll solve itself. Yeah. It, or ruin your game <laughs> like an imp would. And uh, it seems like if you if you want to get up to some, like, basic, like, Saturday night Alistair Crowley, like, um, you know, trying to talk to Lucifer anal sex bullshit, you know, start, start, yeah. start low. Try to get your, try to get your butt to summon an imp or three, not, you know, yeah. not the yeah. devil himself. I, from experience... From experience, from trying to summon imps ever since I was seven, I can't say that it doesn't work. <laughs> I can't say that <laughs> trying to summon imps didn't give me IBS. I, yeah, I, 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 I can't definitively <laughs> say that attempting to summon... A, 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 um, it, an incredible amount of uh, weird... Uh, coincidences and mishaps weren't caused by imps. I can't say that that's that's an imp. I'm so, a mysterious. Um, go ahead and try to summon an imp and let us know at oopsallmonsters at gmail.com what your imp did for you or against you. If you end up with a mysterious ailment that really parallels, parallels the symptoms of Crohn's disease, don't blame us. Blame the imps. Yeah. What what occurs to me that's great about it is less it's partly mechanical but from the DM's perspective it's a care it's a creature that unlike a lot of other creatures who whose whose motives are like very clear yeah uh, the imp can back off given any reasoning so if your imps start totally slaughtering the party and that's not, you know, you can start pulling your punches for kind of random reasons. Yeah. You know, or you can you can take one imp and really ramp it up if you make that imp really clever and 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 beasty, you know. I mean, if you just do a if you do some combos of having them sneak in there, they don't even know it's there. It's a creature, it's invisible. Um one or two of these can really rough up um, even a mid-level party, if you just put it in the right situation and make it really tricky, yeah. So um, it's a it's a fun little thing, and also its mechanics and its narrative and its history make it it's like playful. You know, it's not an orc. Yeah. It's, it's you've got a whole the whole wacky tool set of things you can do. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun creature. It's it's a fun devil. It's your most yeah. fun devil. It'll almost always come with like some type of plot device because like mm -hmm. imps won't just show up because they feel like bugging you specifically because yeah, they're usually almost certainly i bet if you if you're able to capture the imp i bet you can get some good info yeah because they're almost you know, always employed by something yeah it's gonna be yeah it's always working for some bigger bad so it's like a built it's like a built-in plot device yeah where if you can trap the imp you can get to the you can you can circumvent quickly to the next plot point yeah, that's great. I'm loving. I'm loving. I'm loving the imp. Yeah, another yeah. favorite imp of mine is Sam Keith's The Is 
from the Max comic books and cartoon show. Oh, if you remember, the, the, yeah. are the imps are the little blind, the little yeah, the the little Max. blind, the little no eyed guys that are like um, yeah, they giggle all the time. They play trick. They yeah, work for the, Mister Gone. They're called the Is I S Z because they just uh, is. Yeah, man, I haven't seen the Max since you know, like the Max. <laughs> yeah, time. it's like nineteen ninety seven. Since the time of the Max. Like <laughs> there, there's a podcast that um, you probably am not the Wizard and the Bruiser, and now it's part of the the um, it's part of the Last Podcast Network. Yeah, they cover all sorts of different things, but they covered they didn't they do they do nerdy subjects and. Uh, one episode they brought in the Max, and it was really like I had not thought in depth about the Max, the Ma- about the Max since the Liquid Television days, yeah. basically. And <laughs> um, man, it's a weird fucking property there. Yeah, the Max the show and was the, and the cool. graphic. I I enjoyed the Max because it was um, it was really dark. Like the not like the the tone the the actual visual tone of it was. All alleyway. Yeah, and the, well, and the I mean the story is also really dark. Yeah, and the it's story incredibly is psychological really and <laughs> yeah. and it, it deals with you know what is actually real versus yeah. um, what is what is lived, fake. You like, know. what yeah, it's a wild, what does it's a, a reality look like for someone that blocks out almost everything because they've been traumatized? So how and back to imps is back to imps. How is the is how do you know the is are imps? Um, they're just imps in the mischievous description of all other imps. Okay, because like, I don't uh, disagree with you, because as soon as you said it, I was like, yeah, you're right, but I couldn't... Yeah, um, well, like, the I, w- I would imagine the Outback from the Max w- is definitely some type of c- celestial, uh, like, divine place. And the imps that come to the Earth are twisted by being in the place that they're not supposed to be, like demons would be. And there's... Hmm. Really, that's just me as a parazoologist saying that the is are imps. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't necessarily think that you're wrong. Uh, it's because, like, when you said it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I get that. But now, <laughs> now i got to look into it. It's very interesting. I was working at... I was working at a, the, a theater as the as the manager of projection when they had had that one with the rock and I, I would go around and be like, Oh, the doom movie. And I would stand yeah. there and I'd, I'd watch it from the projection booth and I'd go, I, I, it was like a, I had a brain wipe or I'd yeah. step away from it. Every single thing I saw just immediately vanished from my brain. It was like, not that what that didn't, that wasn't real. Yeah. It had absolutely <laughs> no, no hold on my brain whatsoever it was yeah. it was like it the, was like eating craft singles it yeah was like, the, map, map, the that was gone biggest scariest thing from doom is that all this shit is from hell like d- specifically yeah, from it ought to hell be, there it ought to feel <laughs> like if like the monsters from event horizon could like rip you in half and spit fire yeah yeah and then the the Rock the Doom movie, it was just science gone wrong, which is yeah, yeah, which yeah. is always I mean, bad in fiction. It's like a, a reverse kind of philosophy where you apply um, Christianity to real life things isn't necessarily applicable. So, well, so is science in hell movies. 
I because when I was thinking about oh I can do the doom the the doom imp as a subject I was like oh, I guess I'll watch that fucking doom movie I you guess watch the doom movie. <laughs> I think that's one of the main reasons I didn't. I yeah. ranked it as like one of my my five, first five to do, but then I, I certainly didn't obviously didn't prioritize it because I was like, and I have to think about the Doom movie, and it's like, uh, you know, it's, there's nothing there, it's nothing to think about. Doom should be a good property to turn into something because right, you it's so wide open. It's I like know. you've got a space where you have all these inspirational elements. You're like, look at these freaking monsters. Yeah, all you have to do is like. Just, just stick a good little story about some people with some guns in the middle there. Yeah, you know, just just make aliens. Yeah, but about <laughs> demons. Like, boom, there's your movie. You could you could sell yeah. that. You could sell that in ten seconds in the elevator, no problem. It's aliens, but with demons. You're like, boom, got it, love it, sold. <laughs> Give me yeah. forty five million dollars, please. Okay. <laughs> see, see you next year. Um, um, it's it's just very unfortunate. Yeah, I blame imps. Hollywood I'm, imps. Goddamn Ford cars. Um, <laughs> yeah, I always I start saying that phrase, and then I it halfway or I I start thinking that thought, and then right before I say it, I have to decide decide whether I'm being Skank from The Crow, yeah, or I'm being Mister what's his name, Mister Buttersworth from Gremlins. What's his name? Oh, it's played by Dick Little or whatever his name is. Oh, Mister Mister mm. Futterman. Mister Futterman. Futterman. Yeah, is that it? Yeah, Mister Futterman. He's drunk and also complaining yeah. about foreign, foreign cars. cars. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Dick Miller. Get you was a Kentucky Harvester. So, are you able to see my screen? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, my, my where's my script here? And now for a segment we're calling "Describing Nick Cave," where we describe a particular <laughs> photo of musician, songwriter, and overall renaissance man, Nick Cave, uh, uh, the former front man of the... Well, I think he's still in front of the bad, in the front of the bad seats, yeah. right? They exist. The birthday still. party. Yeah, birthday party. If you don't know him, I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, look him up, Nick Cave. Uh, he's been around for <laughs> decades. And um, I have no idea whether this segment's going to stick around, whether we're going <laughs> to drop it, or we're going to do it every I, do it every week. I don't know. Maybe it'll be the only thing anybody likes on the show. But um, so uh, when we do it, I'm going to click on a specific random Google image of Nick Cave, and uh, we're going <laughs> to describe him. This is my plan. <laughs> All right. So... Um, yeah, like, uh, and by the way, I gotta put this, I gotta put this um, asterisk in there. I love Nick Cave. He's great. He's he's good for yeah. all alcoholics that are awake at four a.m. and need to scream about something and 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 go outside and smoke a cigarette. Yeah. He's fantastic. Great guy. Total thumbs up. But I am gonna rip into him pretty hard about by describing him in various um, unlikely ways. So here, to me, here he kind of looks like a like a like a VHS porn store mogul in this one. <laughs> I don't know, or like a or like a like a retired Dungeons and Dragons wizard. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? 
Yes, and I know exactly what he's thinking. What is he thinking? He, well, he recognizes the uh, reporter next to the photographer, and he's thinking, why in the hell are you in journalism? Because he knows them personally. <laughs> yeah, this is... <laughs> Yeah, that's true. This is not the most. Fl- this is not the most. Fl- this is not the most flattering. Ver- this is an older version of Nick Cave. We'll put- this image will be up and available, uh, so you'll be. So all of you will be looking at the exact same specific image that we are. It kind of looks like the like the gr- like the Grinch had to kind of like sneak into human world from Whoville, and he stole like Ron Jeremy's skin and wore it as a suit, and then he had to stay here listening to people. <laughs> he got stuck. Like the, he, the, I can't, he can't get back yeah, to Whoville, the, so now he just atten- now he just attends industry parties. I mean, yeah, he's giving yeah. us some really Grinchy vibes in this one. It's like, yeah, and and then Nick Nick Cave's heart grew three sizes that day. Yeah, <laughs> he is. He's, he's, have, he's looking. <laughs> he's looking deep into the crest question why about mm-hmm. something, and what I presume is. A journalist that he recognizes, who he've had an experience before, and he's still thinking, "How the hell did you get your job?" Well, I, yeah, I, well, yeah. Well, I imagine that among photographers at random Hollywood bullshit, that yeah. um, a picture of Nick Cave is probably one of the only interesting things that's going to happen in your day. You're like, "Hey, there's yeah. Nick Cave. I don't hate him," <laughs> but yeah. he, when I point my camera at him, he sure hates me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's one of the more stoic, uh, gothic-looking persons who is not trying to look like that. He is thinking those things for genuinely. It's it's a genuine thought that he is deeply contemplative and upset about something all the time. <laughs> yes, it's, if this was not daylight, I would drag you into an alley and suck your blood until you were an empty husk. Yeah. <laughs> I would distill your bodily fluids into an absinthe that would get God drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I am constructing different designs of reality to try and explain a question that was never asked. Yes. And I don't even, I have no idea what the question is. Yes. If I have to deal with you any longer, I am going to abduct you and and, and drag you onto a single engine plane and drop you out into the middle of the Australian outback <laughs> from 2,000 feet. But I will love you every step of the way. I will write a song about your journey. And, yeah. uh, I, will, and I will profit from it immensely. It'll be We've whole, shared a lot. <laughs> you won't get a whole album. You might get two songs. Yeah. Which is still about half an hour. And that has been <laughs> Describing Nick Cave. Describing uh, Nick Cave. A new hit segment from Oops All Monsters. <laughs> Oops All Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> And that brings us to the end of our time with you, dear reader, until we bring you another batch of beasts, bullywugs, and bowls of flesh-eating dessert stuff. We have been 
Oops. Oops. All, all monsters. monsters. Yeah, we'll see if I can fucking cut that into sync afterward. <laughs> Wait, you want to try it again? Eh, no. Not really. All right. It's fine. That's the show. Be, yeah. be careful what you eat. You are what you eat. You are... A, you are what you eat. You are weird 80s... You're gonna... Analog effects. You, you're gonna like the way you eat. <laughs> you can- <laughs> <laughs> Got me. Alright, I'm gonna stop my recording here. Alright. Now, I don't know if we can get... I I could do maybe about eight of those in a row before I fucking fizzle into a type of mood that I've never been in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean, I guess maybe your ultimate destroyer against the stuff is like Ralph Nader. Uh, or 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 yeah. or hear me out, Jello Biafra, <laughs> Jello, get it? Jello Biafra would be perfect for fighting the stuff. That's what we need. To do. <laughs> Who would be perfect for fighting? Jello Biafra. Um, Jello Biafra. <laughs> Jello Biafra fights the stuff. I, the stuff. I fought the stuff. It's and an all-out I match. Won. Mm. Mm. I fought the stuff um, and I who's won. The, who's the great? Who's the ultimate? <laughs> dest- who's the ultimate destroyer of the stuff? Is that what you asked? Um. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dear, dear, dear.